0: All right, it's not a must win, but it kind of feels that way in my opinion because of all the hype surrounding what Desmond Ritter needs to do in this game. So let's head out to the Wade4.com hotline on the other side of the glass with Chris Thomas. Welcome in our buddy Joe Patrick. Joe, this game just has such significance for me. I don't know if you feel the same way because it seems like the Falcons were kind of stripped of their identity the last two weeks and they really need to get things rolling again.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Chris. I mean, I think it's this game and the next game. The two that you have at home before you go on the road to play the Buccaneers, I think are vitally important for Desmond Ritter and to try to get this offense going and get some semblance of confidence that you can actually move the ball throughout a game. Because to be perfectly honest, that has not happened in any of the four games. We like to think that it happened in two of them because they did win those, but they were not consistent offensively in any game they've played this year. And, you know, for that reason, I think that the leash is on, on Ritter's maybe a little bit shorter than you would like to think, given that this team is at 500. And I think right at 2-2, two and two, where so many people, myself included, were predicting this team would be, this is the, the, the difference is it's not really exactly how we thought this team would quite get to 2-2 two and two to this point. Any
0: chance you kind of just flirted with the idea right there that they would pull Ritter at halftime if it's more the same?
1: So I don't think that Arthur Smith will pull Desmond Ritter from any game for performance. Uh, I think that if he's out there, he's going to let him go out there and, you know, live and die by that sword. Um, You know, now week to week, absolutely, obviously, and that's going to be a big decision. But, you know, he said it during the, you know, there was the ESPN reporter. uh, in London brought, uh, reported that during the game that he was not even considering it. And I, I totally believe that, but I do think that they are weighing their options, you know, week to week as to whether they feel like they can continue this because to this point it is unsustainable. Like the way that this offense is performing is not something that you can go forward with throughout the season. So For as much, you know, and I, Chris, I'll be the first one that would say, like, I I hope Desmond Ritter is the team's quarterback for the rest of the year. I hope that this offense is able to turn around. And I think everybody should feel that way because it benefits the Falcons if Desmond Ritter is able to kind of figure some things out. And this offense overall is able to get back on track and not have so many negative plays. But that hasn't happened to this point. So uh, at some point, Arthur Smith's going to have to consider making a change uh, at quarterback if not at some other positions. But, you know, I don't think it's going to happen during a game. What did you
0: gather from this week from hearing from the coaching staff that you think the offensive game plan is going to be and what it should be?
1: Well, you know, they're never going to give up anything schematically of, of, of what they plan to do. I think that, you know, I think we know. Like, I think we know what it's going to take for this offense to work, which is eliminate the negative plays. This team has allowed, I think they're they're in the bottom five and sacks allowed in the NFL. I think they've allowed 16 through four games. Um, and And that's on top of some other mistakes in the run game, which has just not gotten going. Really, in a, a couple of these games, to the level that you would want it, especially with the, how strong of an aspect of the team we thought that was going to be coming into the season, with a thousand yard rusher on top of the number eight overall pick in Bijan Robinson. So, you know what what this team has to do, regardless of what the specific game plan is, what they have to do is get the some some sort of passing game going, so that the Texans will will you know have to respect that part of the game and give the pass uh, the, the running game some more opportunities because what we've seen at least especially in the last couple of weeks and I think it really started in earnest against the Lions was the Lions really just challenging the Falcons and Des Ritter by stacking the box playing all the underneath stuff really tight and forcing them to try to beat them deep and I think that one of the other problems that that kind of um, gums up the works a little bit is that you just don't really have on, in this offense receivers who really feel like they can um you know bust the top off of a defense now I think there are some personnel that you have on the roster that can help facilitate that. And guys like Scotty Miller, uh, Xavier Malone was elevated for this year, I, for this week. I don't think he's particularly going to be that guy, but you've got some speedier receivers, but with what you've got right now with a Kyle Pitts, who's doesn't seem like he's got a hundred percent right now and Drake London, these are just not receivers that are really going to challenge you over the top. So I think defenses are willing to let their corners kind of go one-on-one in some of those circumstances, or maybe just play cover one and then play everything you know, kind of uh, shade underneath and play everything super close, and and make Desmond Ritter beat you. And so far, he's not been able to do that. So regardless of how they're going to steam that up specifically, that's what the Falcons have to accomplish in this game.
0: Talking all things Falcons Texans with our buddy Joe Patrick here on Sports Radio ninety nine. The game, Chris Thomas with you until seven o'clock. Atlanta United pregame comes your way. Then, all right, Joe. This next question is a little bit more philosophical in nature without maybe a tangible answer, but you're, you cover this team day in and day out. And I thought when Arthur Smith came on Dukes and Bell this week, um, he was a little bit more matter of fact, a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more, uh, you know, less about making some, some of his famous now, you know, sarcastic quips that he loves to joke around with the guys about. (laughs) Do you sense that vibe around the facility or is it still fun and loose? How is flowery branch right now?
1: I mean, I think that they're still, they're still you know, loose in the respect that they understand that this is going to be a long season. It's very early on. It's actually really interesting that you bring that up because I actually, I was just going back and re-listening to an Arthur Smith interview that he did on uh, Bussin' with the Boys way back, right after he first was introduced as uh, the Falcons head coach, just a few months after that. But he was talking about, obviously, his time in Tennessee and everything. And it was funny because it's it, something that struck me was he just kind of went on a, a, a tangent in that interview talking about how long the season is. When you look at some of the seasons they had in Tennessee, how things are just by the end of it, they're they're nothing like they were at the beginning of it. And so I think that that, that mentality still is, is at play with the Falcons where, you know, practice is going fine. The guys, I think there's a little bit more um, – I don't know if tension's the right word. Just like the, the I think guys are a little bit more like focused. Maybe not quite as like la, you know, laughing and 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 kind of you know playful, I guess, as you as you would have it in those first couple weeks where they had won and you know hadn't hadn't suffered a loss yet. So I think the team's focus is a little bit sharpened, but I wouldn't say that there's like it's pressure or tension really that they're feeling. They know they have a job they have to get done, and and I think that um they're they're confident that they're going to be able to do that, but. You know, again, I think Arthur Smith, he's not going to be afraid to make a move. And again, we would, you know, it comes down to the quarterback, to be perfectly honest. As much as you want to say, and it's partially true that, you know, every position plays into the struggles that this team has had offensively, um, it really does come back to the quarterback. And I think that the Falcons and Arthur Smith see it as they're going to give Ritter every opportunity to, to make it work. But if not, they've got somebody in reserve in Taylor Heineke that. I think they're going to go to sooner rather than later if things continue with this, uh, you know, how, how they've been going the first four weeks.
0: You mentioned Kyle Pitts a little bit earlier. Our buddy D-Led had a report out this week that he is still working his way back to 100%. How much do you feel like that's contributing to his lack of production versus Ritter's uh, inability to get him the ball?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's it, it's tough to tell. I think it is affecting it for sure. I mean – I asked Arthur Smith this question um, after the Lions game when there was that shot play to Kyle that Desmond Ritter missed, but the guys on the broadcast noted that he his gait looked a little funny, and Arthur Smith didn't say anything about it at the time, but then he was asked more pointedly, is he 100% after the Jaguars game? And Arthur Smith said, you know, he, he's he's probably not. And and, our, and Kyle Pitts then later followed up earlier this week saying that um, at some point this season, he was 100%. But you know something has happened. Obviously, he's still coming back. He, he's coming back from a knee, and I, I believe that is what he's still trying to work through. Maybe he took a hit or something that aggravated something. But it does appear that he's not quite fully there. Having said that, you look at some of the routes, and he, it still seems like he's definitely capable of getting open and helping this team. And I think that that's why he's out there on the field It's because he is still the team's best option at that position and I don't think they would be putting him out there if there was any risk that he was going to you know further damage something so I think that he's still a player that is definitely going to have to be an important part of this offense but you know for as much struggles as as the Falcons have had getting him the ball I do think that there's a reason why you see a player like Johnny Smith kind of go out and dominate a lot of the targets last week because I think he's just a little bit He's a smarter tight end. He's been around the league for a long time. He's got that savviness of kind of when to sit down in a pocket. And, and just, you know, I think Desmond Ritter has a connection with him in that, you know, short yardage range that he's kind of a security blanket that he can go to. And Pitts has, seems to me to be more like a deep shot, big big play threat. Uh, and they just haven't been able to connect on those so far. And that's a big problem because Arthur Smith said last year, the, their main goal offensively coming into this year was creating more explosive plays I think, if anything, they've created fewer so far as you're taking comparing the first four games to last year.
0: Yeah, and the defensive equivalent of explosive plays are sacks. And the Falcons, once again, are not being able to get to the quarterback and take him down to the ground as much as they would like. Through your best guesstimation, is it just because it hasn't been there and the defense has been effective in other ways or are the guys that are across the defensive line and other guys that are expected to be big contributors, not getting it done.
1: So I've got a theory about this and I don't, you can tell me if you agree with it or not, but, you know, when I look at the – so to, to look at the statistics of the Falcons' defense and what they've been doing rushing the passer, so the pressures are, are absolutely there. The pressures are really good. I forget exactly where they rank, but they're definitely in the top half of the league. Um, and, but the, but they only have five sacks on the year, and so they're not quite getting home. And my theory is just that – the look at the personnel, the bodies that you have on that on that defensive line. They're not like explosive, fast edge rushers coming off the edge that kind of – up here in the quarterback's face and he has, you know, kind of panic has nothing to do with it, has to take the sack. A lot of these pressures seem to me like you know the quarterback can kind of feel them coming on. And and especially going against Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence, two more experienced quarterbacks who are able to get the ball out of their hands, they are just able to do exactly that and not allow those sacks and those negative plays to come. So while you like the pressure numbers, you do eventually need the sacks because you need to create those negative plays that avert the Falcons offense like that, that's the perfect evidence of how important those plays are and I think it's just a testament to honestly what the secondary is doing uh, that this defense is still actually accomplishing their goals of limiting yards, limiting first downs, and limiting points despite the fact that they're not getting some of these big plays uh you know with the, with the defensive pressure is turning into sacks so I think that's something that ryan nielsen he said he believes that you know those sack numbers will come based on the kind of underlying numbers that they're seeing but uh, I think it's something that the team needs to address. And I think it's something, frankly, that it hurts not having Troy Anderson, who's you know a fast guy that you can bring in some of those moments. We saw him get home early in the season back when he was healthy. So I think that that's definitely going to be something that the team looks at, maybe work in Arnold Lebecady a little bit more, because he would be kind of that, the, the closest thing you have to that speedy edge rusher. Um, and maybe he can get some production with some of these other guys around him.
0: Going to ask you this several times throughout the season as we continue to check in, Joe, right now. Are the Atlanta Falcons a good football team?
1: (laughs) Are they a good football team? No, I I think they're an average team. I think they're an average football team. I think that's a very good defense. Uh, (laughs) I think the offense is not very good, but I think the offense has a lot of potential. I think if they get average quarterback play, this offense is legitimately good. I, I think that if you get average quarterback play, it opens up so many more of these players to be those explosive, to create those explosive plays. Um, but until that, I think that this team is going to be stuck in, in average land um, with potential to go down. If those sacks don't come around, I, I think that you will see the defense kind of start to normalize out with some of the numbers. I, I don't know how sustainable that is on that side of the ball. So um, we're going to see. I think that I will have a different answer for you in two games time. After we get through these two home games, and we see how this team performs.
0: And I hope that answer is a positive one, Joe. We shall I see you in a couple of weeks. All right, appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you in a, in a week or two.
1: Sweet. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Appreciate Our- it. Man. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word.